The Bible said, 2 Kings 6, And the sons of the prophets said unto Elisha, Behold now, the place where we dwell with thee is too straight for us, too narrow, too small. Let us go, we pray thee, unto Jordan and take thence every man a beam and let us make us a place where we may dwell. And he answered, Go ye. And one said, Be content, I pray thee, and go with thy servants. And he answered, I will go. It was like there was no, not even any thinking about it when they requested that we got a problem. No, 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 uh, no, no delay. And he said, go ye. And one said, be content, I pray thee, and Go with thy servants. And he said, I will go. So immediately he answered that, right? Are you seeing that? So he went with them. Isn't it good to have a man of God to go with us? And when they came to Jordan, they cut down wood. But as one was felling a beam, the axe head fell into the water. He was trying to fell something else, and it fell. What he was working with fell into the water, and he cried and said, Alas, Master, for it was borrowed. And the man of God said, where fell it? And he answered him the place, or showed him the place. And he cut down a stick and cast it in thither, and the iron did swim. Therefore, said he, take it up to thee, and he put out his hand and took it. Let's look at that verse 6 again. Man of God said, where fell it? And he showed him the place. And he cut down a stick, cast it thither, in thither. And the iron did swim. I want to preach to you for a little while about the iron did swim. Shake hands with somebody and say, I don't know all about that, but I'm going to believe what he preaches tonight. Brother Benny, come here. Amen. Are you ready for a little bit, a little preaching tonight? My daddy used to say, Somebody, somebody said one time, said, come on up here, Brother Wilson, and preach a little bit. He said, I'm not any little bit preacher. So I don't know about me, but we'll see what the Lord will do. You may be seated. The iron did 
swim. Your impossibility is God's opportunity. How could there be a miracle if there was no need of a miracle? We had no situation for a miracle, you know. If it was not, if it's not, you know, if it could be done by man, it wouldn't be a miracle, right? If it was man's uh, ingenuity, then it wouldn't be a miracle. So without an impossible situation, uh, God does not necessarily have to do anything. God many times waits on a situation to get so bad that when relief comes, he only can get the glory for it. Has there been any times in your life that only God could answer the prayer that you, is anybody here? Only God could have took care of your situation all over this place. This chapter deals much with the condition and character of the sons of the prophets, the younger generation. This must have been a college environment. They resided, uh, resided as many of the sons of the prophets as, as, as could, it seems, in this place. Now, it was apparently packed out. And uh, they apparently had flocked out to be with the prophet Elisha. They perhaps heard that he had followed Elijah and all the miracles that Elijah done. Now Elisha is doing them. So they flocked out to, to, to hear his teaching and be with him. Again, a college environment. I'm going to call it a Bible college environment. I remember my Bible school days. I went to Tupelo, Mississippi in 1966, 7, and 8. And uh, I had uh, to, 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 fund my, to fund my college, I, I bought a janitorial service for $400. Brother Jerry, and I got a vacuum cleaner and a mop and a bucket, probably a broom, but I had 10 accounts, and they were worth like, uh, they were worth like $400 if you worked them. Uh, bring them on up, Brother Benny, it's fine. They, uh, they, they, so I, I, I could make my, if you will, my investment back, Brother Hakeem, in one month's time. And I enjoyed, uh, whoa, you're making a lot of noise over there. <laughs> Thank you. And uh, uh, so, so I remember those Bible school days. Met a lot of friends and, uh, that uh, became lifetime friends from that, from that situation. I learned much about evangelism. And I don't think my... my my evangelistic approach and burden and desire to see souls saved just came from Bible school because I was bringing people to church when I was when I was old enough to drive at 15 years old. It might have been I might have been just wanting to drive instead of bringing people to church, but uh, nevertheless, it enhanced my burden for for lost souls. 
And I remember, I remember uh, uh, the, the, the dormitories, and I can tell you some stories about the dormitories over there in, in Tupelo at the Bible College. And the, the numbers increased here in this one, and they outgrew their dormitory space. And uh, so they was wanting instruction and counsels and prayers and impartations from this great man of God, this prophet Elisha. His, again, his miracles doubtless drew many people. And I think that miracles still draw people. Jesus said, do you not follow me for the loaves and fishes and, and what I can do and, and what I can multitude, multiply? So, so they, do, they do come. You, you, you see, the, uh, used to be the old TV evangelists that would have the miracle tents and on and on, and they could pack those places out because people knew they could get their healing if they came. Now, some of them were false prophets, but... And, and even people even got their healing under false prophets. It wasn't the false prophets. It wasn't the false prophets' message that 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 that, that was so good. But it was faith by the individual. Let me tell you something. You can get your healing anytime if you have enough faith to believe God. <clears throat> uh, if it's if it's God's will, of course. His miracles again. Doubtless drew many. It was a, it, the place was straight or narrow or small. This, you know, and so we, we, we got to do something. The students had a problem, but they became a problem solver. They said, we need to go build a place that's bigger than what we're in. You know what? I don't want to be a problem. I want to be a problem solver. Somebody else ought to say, that's right. It, it, can you picture yourself complaining and griping and arguing and fussing all the time because there's a problem? You ought to change that attitude and say, I want to be a problem solver. I don't want to be a problem. Whoa, it's getting quiet in here. <laughs> right? So they said, let us go to Jordan. It was probably a... I'm, I'm understanding a six miles distance, so it's a pretty good little walk. That would be like almost to Potts Camp from here. And they said, we pray thee. In other words, they sought approval and, and, uh, and, and wisdom from this older man of God. The trees grew by the river because there was, of course, water there. Jordan was not just uh, an ordinary river, it could be flooded and it overflowed its banks in the time of harvest. And the Bible told us that. And, 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 and the, uh, the, the swiftness of its, of its current was, was, was great. But uh, it could possibly be uh, they wanted to go there. It could be that they thought that's where Elijah was caught up to heaven. Something it was something special about that place. Let me tell you something. Any place, oh Lord, what did Moses say? What did, what did God tell Moses? Pull off your shoes for this place is holy ground. You know what? I this might preach somewhere someday. I don't know, but I got a feeling that that every place we go as a child of God, it becomes a holy place because we're there. 
If, if, if it don't, it might be our fault, right? No help from Joram, Joram the king and Jezebel. So these boys didn't have any government aid. They didn't have uh, college loans, right? This one did because he borrowed an ax. But God's prophets in that day and even in today's world have seldom been the favorites of the world. They're not just going to flood out here to bless us and encourage us and strengthen us and help us. They're probably not going to build this building for us. Right? So these boys said, let's, let's go. And uh, every man was to carry his own, get his own beam. Uh, that would be, if you will, a, 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 a rafter or perhaps it was a log house dwelling. So, so they must cut their own. The Bible said that. Every man, take fence, every man a beam. It's, a, it's, it's important that we as children of God accept our responsibility in the kingdom. Pastor has preached and taught us many times. All of us have a purpose. You're not just a seat warmer. You have a purpose, right? Hey, it's okay to say amen on Wednesday night. I don't know if you believe it or not, but it's this is Bible I'm preaching here. <laughs> Every man a beam. You carry your part in worship. You carry your part in work, your part in giving, your part in visiting and outreach. And, oh, God, we need new building volunteers now. You do your part and fulfill your purpose, and the job will get done. <laughs> they weren't concerned about beautiful cedars and marble stones and curious artificers. They were not concerned about some great gorgeous, beautiful place. They just wanted a place to live while they heard from the man of God. And you can appreciate that. They didn't expect somebody else to provide for them. Let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. This younger generation today expects us older ones to provide for them. But they got to get underneath the load, get their own beam somewhere sometime, right? We got a lot of good young folks that's doing just that. Amen. But they said, let us go to Jordan. Not, not somebody else do our work for us, but let us go to Jordan. Poverty was no, no bar to prophecy. You can't, you, you know, we can't compare to this world's money, but they can't compare to our, our power, our preaching. They can't compare to our anointing. They, 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 had, they had no interest in great possessions. They just wanted room to study and hear from the man of God. These preachers weren't afraid to work, and we again don't need to be afraid to do something for the kingdom of God. Let us go. And Elisha said, go ye. He gave them immediate permission to go start the work. <laughs> And so he had turned around, one of them turned around and said, go with us. 
We need direction. We need your help. We need your advice. We need you, Elisha. Pity the man that thinks he doesn't need a pastor. Pity the woman that doesn't think she needs a man of God for instruction. Oh, that's a good place to say amen. We see here the respect that both ages had for each other. Right? Elisha knew that these guys were willing and able to do it. And I believe we got a, a, a good group coming on that's well able to carry this gospel on and carry this message on and make this church happen. Don't you believe that? And they also believe that there's a man of God to lead them. Elisha said, when they said, let go with us, Elisha said, I will go. I don't know. Do you think that they probably thought some, somewhere down this, in this work business, we're going to need a miracle? So they invited him. Nevertheless, we need to stay with the prophet. Don't get separated from the man of God in your life. Don't ever let anything happen to you that separates you from your pastor. Whatever it is, you do not need to be separated. You know what? It was, it was because of Joshua that they got to the promised land. That's right. Because of a Joshua, they got to the promised land. Because of a man of God in our lives, we'll get to our promised land, right? We need you, we need you, Elisha, to keep good order, not to do with the work for us, but good, good disciples desire to be always under good discipline. Outworking, cutting away, while they were trying to get some beams together to make a place for, the, for, for them to worship and to hear the word. One of those guys, his axe head fell off the axe, so all he had was the handle, if you will, right? Axe head fell into the water. The Bible used the term, the iron did swim. When I think of the word iron, I automatically think of something hard, and I think of something heavy. It was not designed to swim. It's heavy, and it's going to go to the bottom. Oh, I'm just about ready to preach now. There's been many times when in our lives when things went to the bottom. Help me a little while. Isn't that right? Oh, yes. Even that far back in time, there was iron available for them to use. Anybody that does anything is apt sometimes to mess up the slip of the hand. At least, at, at, at least he was working. I've seen people mess up trying to do something for God. Haven't you? I have. You've been along, around, I've been preaching, what is this, 50, 55 years. I've messed up a few times. But I didn't throw in the handle too. Right? And uh, adverse circumstances happen sometimes, even while we're doing something for God. You can be paying your tithes and still have problems in life. 
But God's going to somewhere, sometime, turn it back around. You watch. This message is not over yet. Right? Jordan overflowed many times, it seems, throughout the year. It was 45 to 180 feet across, 3 to 12 feet deep. It was muddy. And uh, it, it, uh, again, it, it vastly uh, had, had, a, had a, uh, a current that was very strong. But you know what? The guy, when, when they said, let's go, he didn't make an excuse. I don't have an axe. No, he didn't say that. He barred him an axe. That was his college loan. We borrow for everything else, don't we? You know what? When we built this building right here, uh, I was I was associate, I was assistant pastor, associate pastor, or something. I wasn't the pastor, but I I actually put the project together, and uh, and and uh, I, I I told God. <clears throat> If if I'm really supposed to stay here, we'll build this. We'll build another building. We were we were packing that one out, and 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 I didn't I didn't hold the people hostage. I didn't tell them that, but I had in my mind if the people didn't want to build the building, then I was going to get out of here. I was going to go somewhere I could build a, a bigger church, not because I want something big, but I wanted more souls. If we were satisfied here, then, then then I said in my mind to God, if we can, if we can, I didn't have this in my notes, but if 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 we can raise $150,000 tonight, pledges or whatever, then we'll then I'll count it the will of God to stay and to be here. You, you know what? When we when we got to that point and we had the business meeting. We decided to build the building. That was the first thing. The next thing is the money going to be there. So I didn't again tell the people that we got to raise X amount of dollars. I'm out of here. Didn't hold them hostage. But you know what? I, uh, we started raising pledges, and, and they started coming in. Brother Brad, do you remember that? What did we say? So somewhere about halfway into our deal, somebody, it might have been you, they said if we could, you know, if we can have another six months to raise money, we'll double of what we've, is that right? And so, so, uh, so we were able to, uh, to raise enough money uh, for me to stay for one thing. And, and, and actually, instead of $150,000, Sister Dunwoody, you know how much money that was promised 200, I think it was 257,000, I think was promised. And we got, that's right. And we got, I think we got almost all of it except five or 6,000. One guy pledged 5,000 and he moved off. <clears throat> so if you pledge, don't move off. <clears throat> but, but um, you know, he, and where I was going with that little story is, I said, I said, you know, you borrow for a car. People borrow for a car, probably 10 cars in a lifetime. You borrow for a house. 
I'm not going to ask you how many own, uh, paying on your house. I'm, but you borrow for, you know, you, you go up there and you get a, 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 a freezer or a washing machine and you'll pay notes on that. Why can't you go borrow for the, for the house of God? And I don't know whether they did or not, but we, we got the money, thank God, because they had a mind to work. Every man put his shoulder to the wheel. Oh, yes. So, so you don't need to make an excuse. If you want to do something for God, you can do it. He borrowed him an axe. And uh, one guy one time I heard said, uh, ask another man, said, can I borrow your axe? And he said, no. He said, well, why? He said, I need to make spaghetti. He said, what does that have to do with barring your axe? He said, one excuse is good as another. I don't want to loan it to you. But uh, so, so uh, he borrowed him an axe. And if it's barred and it breaks or you lose it, you're still responsible. Right? I remember one time Brother Benny, David, Connor, your brother, was working for Joe and Irene up here in the old house they lived in. And I had a like-new, if not brand-new, regular handsaw. And it was slick and shiny and pretty, beautiful. A great saw, probably a craftsman made back then. I don't know. Anyhow, David borrowed it. Well, when he started sawing into that old house up there, he got into an electric wire that was hot, and it ate one of those teeth out of that saw. You know what David did? Bought me a brand new saw. That's what you ought to do if you borrow something. By the way, if you borrow it, carry it back. <laughs> Woo, that's good preaching right there, isn't it? <laughs> We ought to be more careful of, of that which is borrowed, right? Oh, Lord, let me tell you something. God gave us something. He loaned us, if you will, this powerful gift of the Holy Ghost. We ought to take good care of it in our lives, right? So, you know, we ought to be more careful of that which is borrowed. He couldn't produce without it, and they also the owner can't take can't, don't have it to use anymore. So, so he, was, he was upset about it. He said, alas, master. Alas, master. And I looked at this word, alas, and I thought, what does that mean? Does that mean, look here, master? Look here, Elisha? And I found out what it, what it meant was that that word, alas, expressed pain. The Bible said, alas, master, it was borrowed, you know. So here we are. It, 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 was, it, was, uh, it was, it was, the man had some sincerity about it. He wanted to pay back what he had loaned. And so he expressed pain about it. Let me tell you something. There are pain, things that cause us pain in our lives. And sometimes we have to go to the master, Right? Oh, maybe, maybe, maybe you'll find your new word tonight. Next time you begin to cry out to the Lord because of some problem 
You say, alas, God, here I am, I'm hurting. Here I am, Lord, I need you. And he had nothing to pay this back with. So, so he said, uh, you, you, he could tell that he had no, no axe on the end of the handle. And, and the Bible tells us, he said, show me, show me where it fell. And somebody, if you will, just pointed right over there. And he showed him the place. And he cut down a stick. I don't know. That axe right there is what cut this stick. I don't know if the axe that the boy had just dropped into the water, I don't know if that stick was cut by that same axe. I don't know if it's got some kind of connection or not. But when Elisha, if you will, threw it back into the water, the axe or the iron, the Bible said, did swim. Oh, yes. He showed him the place where it fell. Let me tell you something. If you're away from God, at least remember where and when and why and how you fell. Remember that. If you, if you ever are tempted to fall, don't remember what caused you to fall. The lack of a prayer life, the lack of faithfulness. Let me tell you something. You need to be in the house of God when you act head, when the problems in life fall, right? Oh, yes, and you'll find it where you left it. Daddy used to tell a story. I've heard some of these stories over and over. Sam, we probably could, could quote a bunch of them. Tim, we could probably quote a bunch of those stories. But you remember, boys, that the story that Daddy told about the boy that his, his daddy told him, said, bring that, bring that big log in. We need that fire log brought into the house. Brother Jerry, you remember that story? If you don't remember it, you might want to get through. But he used to tell the story, boy, go bring that, that, that big log into the house. We need, we need this fire going. And the boy said, I don't want to. And, and come on, boy, bring, it, bring that log in here. He didn't do it, and he left home. Later on in life, somewhere in life, the boy decided that he was, the boy decided he wanted to go home. So he went home, and he said, Dad, can I come back home? He said, sure, son. The log's right over there. Bring that log in the house. So wherever you left it, that's what you're going to have to do to get it back. You'll have to go there to get it back, right? Yes. Cut, down a, cut down a stick. You know, everybody else didn't lose there. Somebody had, apparently, somebody had a stick or that one had already been cut one or the other. And, uh, the, you know, this, the, the Bible didn't tell us that that stick went down there and touched that axe head or that iron and, and, and caused it to swim. I don't, know, I don't know about that. It was underwater. And muddy, Jordan was a muddy river. Just, just, just dropping it, you know, uh, 
The stick had no tendency to attach to it and make it float, but it was a divine summon somehow when the man of God cast the stick in there. It was a divine summon. Sometimes that's all, that's, that's the only thing that can get us out of our situation is a divine direction from, from God himself. Am I right? The iron was heavier than the wood. It would have kept the wood down. The iron, the Bible said, and the iron did swim. It was contrary to nature. Gravity and weight could keep it on the bottom, on the bottom of muddy Jordan. It was uh, swimming was contrary to the nature of iron. It just wasn't its nature to do that. But I'm telling you, Something, it changed from the natural to the supernatural when the man of God summons the iron to swim. The, the word swim simply, simply meant to overflow or come back to the top. It did swim. The Bible through, throughout has many impossibilities that became possible only by God himself doing the work. I'm just trying to preach to somebody and tell you whatever your impossible situation is, it may be impossible to you, but it's not impossible with God. Amen. Oh, yes. You know what he said? Take it up to thee. When that thing floated back up and swam to the top of that water, apparently it swam close enough that the man could reach down and pick it up or God wouldn't have told him to get it. But he said, take it up to thee. And he put out his hand and took it. He exercised his faith. Elisha could have handled it and handed it to him, but he didn't. Sometimes you have to exercise your own faith. The man of God does not always get you your miracle. You exercise your faith. He can get it to you, but you have to receive it. Y'all okay? It may take some miracles to get this building finished, but I tell you what, the iron did swim. As sure as I'm standing on two feet right now, the iron did swim. The God of nature is not tied to its laws. Man, it's not, I'm going to tell you something, our project, I, I, I didn't plan this message because of that building, but it just happens to be happening at the same time. You know, it, it, it's, it's not natural for a 1,400-seat for a auditorium to be out in the middle of the country when the population of the post office area is not but about 400 right? But God's not tied to the laws of nature. It will happen, right? God can raise a stony, irony heart which is sank into the mud and mire of this world, a hopeless case. They're all over this place. Stony, irony hearts. God Cause them to swim. Hey, I'm raising my hand tonight. 
You're raising your hand tonight. You're clapping your hand tonight. No, it's not likely, but it's possible. Oh, yes, it's impossible. No, they didn't argue with the man of God. No argument by the son of the prophet. So it was a test of his faith to pick up the iron and go back to, to work again. Take it up to thee. Accept your responsibility. F.B. Meyer wrote, Hearts may be as heavy as the lead at the bottom of the stream, but when a splinter, oh yes, of the cross of Calvary is inserted, they rise to the surface and swim. Thank God for Calvary. Thank God for the stick of Calvary. Thank God for the blood that washes away sin. Calvary's wooden cross inserted into the depth of the earth with a perfect lamb on it brought salvation to mankind. That's what happened. Oh, yes. Spiritually, we should feel like we need to build a bigger place in our hearts for Jesus to dwell. What we're working with is actually his to start with. We certainly don't need to lose it. And if somehow we slip up and the axe head falls into the water, it's not over. I'm telling somebody out there online tonight, it's not over for you. You may have failed God. You may, and you may not can even see the iron in the bottom of the water, three, four, five, 12 foot deep. But I'm going to tell you something. Somebody, somebody stuck, a, st uh, stuck a stick in the earth. Calvary in the earth and died for you and the iron will swim again if you'll take it up. You got to take it up. You got to accept it yourself. Acts said down in the waters of corruption dead. The Bible said dead in trespasses and sins but you hath he quickened. Oh hallelujah. It's a miracle for something that's dead to come to life again. Right? You have to be quick. Only Jesus can do it. If your marriage goes down, if your business goes down, if your children's gone down. You know what? I, I started, I think I started off a little bit early tonight by saying iron itself is heavy. Right? There's heavy things that happen to us in our life. We get so disappointed with so many things. It's heavy on our mind. It's heavy on our thoughts. It's heavy on our bodies. It's heavy on our emotions. But I'll tell you what. The man of God is casting a stick into the waters for us. Every week we find, we're, hearing, we're hearing something that gives us some encouragement. No matter your marriage went down, no matter your business went down, your children backslid, if you lost your blessing, if you lost your joy, if you lost your peace, Oh, I like that old song, tell it to Jesus. Tell it to Jesus. He is a friend that's well known. You have no other such a friend or brother. Tell it to Jesus alone. God can change the year, the whole year, in the shortest winter's day. You lost hope, it'll swim again. Keep coming to the house of God. For God's sake, don't quit if you have a problem. 
for God's sake, if you lose the axe, if you lose your family, if you lose your friends, don't, don't throw the tile in. Don't throw everything in. Right? Keep coming. The only hope you have is coming to God. The only hope you have is living for God. The only hope that man had for that axe, if you will. Oh, hallelujah. Right? The natural happened once, but the supernatural responded back. Use what you have left. They, they threw in a stick, but reaped an iron. An axe head. Right? Threw in a stick, but look what come back up. The iron came back up. Just throw in what you have to God. God, I throw it back to you again. I give you my praise again. I give you my repentance again. And see what God will do for you. God can get it back to the surface. Just turn to the master. Turn to the master. The iron is floating. Somebody needs to take it up tonight. Appropriate your own deliverance, your own hope, your own joy, your own peace. You got to do that part of it. God can get it back to the surface, but you got to take it back to him. Let's lift our hands and call on him a little while. Call on him a little while. Let me hear you pray, can I? Can I hear you pray? Jesus, I need you. Oh, I need you. Every hour I need you. Bless me now, my Savior, I come to thee. Oh, I need you, Lord. I need you, Lord. I need you, Lord. I've lost this. I've lost that. Whatever it may be, I know there's people sitting in here that have lost children. Come on. Why don't you call, call on the Lord and say, God, if that iron can swim in that water, old muddy, you can have my child come back to you. I'm not giving up. I'm holding on. I'm believing you, Lord. Somebody ought to believe me. Somebody ought to take this up to you tonight, today. Somebody ought to take this up to you today. Yes, I believe you, God. I believe you, Lord. I believe you. Maybe you've got a grandchild that's away from God. Oh, alas, Master. Alas, Master. Alas, Master. Oh, yes. Alas, Master. Alas, Master, I need you. Oh, I need thee. Oh, I need
you think of something in your life that to you it's impossible, but you'd like to have God do something for you? Can you think of that? Could you lift your hand if there's something? I, I can't see a way out, God. I can't see a way out. Only through you I see a way out. I just want to tell you something tonight. The iron that swim. The iron in your life can swim. The iron in your life can swim. Me now, my Problem, just tell the master. He'll help you. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.